Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Welcome to another episode of the Iconic Womanhood Podcast. Today, I would like to talk to you about tomorrow. Yes, if you're listening to this in real time, we are in that season of life, that season of the year. It's December, it's just before the holidays, and we're beginning to think about next year. And 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? It's been a year. So many of us have been stretched and and just drained and challenged and, and wounded. And, oh, it's been a year. Many of us feel like we walk through fire. Many of us have had defining things happen to us in this global pandemic backdrop as well, right? So we've had difficult things personally, but also globally, collectively, we've all gone through it. And now we are beginning to look forward at 2021. What will this new year bring? And I'd like to share something with you today about how you can live tomorrow. And in particular, I'd like to talk to you about belief. Because what you believe today impacts what you will be and how you will live tomorrow. And right off the bat, I want to confess something to you. I'm about to preach. (laughs) Yes, I'm about to preach, but not the typical preaching, just that I want to share some wisdom from one of the most powerful stories for me in the Bible. And I know not everyone who listens to this shares my faith practice, and you are more than welcome. You are loved here. But I hope you don't turn it off when I share from the scripture because there's so much wisdom there for all. And this particular story I know will bless you no matter what you believe. And so I hope you lean in because I want to share with you a story of a woman who needed to make a change. You know, I grew up hearing about this woman. Most of us that grew up in church, we are familiar with this woman, but none of us really knows her name. She was a woman who had become labeled with her challenge. And that's the woman with the issue of blood. We don't even know her name, really. We don't have a sense of who she is. We only have a sense of her problem. And That's one of the reasons why this story is so powerful, because there are some problems you have in life. There are some challenges you face in life. There are some things you go through in life that almost feel as if they become the thing that defines you. It becomes the thing that you see yourself as and others see you as. You know, the divorced woman, the woman who lost her job, the woman who lost pregnancy, the woman who is angry, the woman who is broke, the woman who is damaged, the abused woman, the all of these things, right? We can 
take problems and they become definitions. And that's really a major problem, right? That's that's where it all falls apart because when you allow a problem, an issue, the issue of blood, to become your definition, it can be very limiting. Let me rephrase that. It will limit you. It's not just that it can be. It will limit you. You see, this particular woman, why she is so interesting to me and and so powerful to me is that she refused to let it limit her. She refused to live underneath that label. She had been so labeled that the storyteller didn't even know her name. They all knew her based on her issue, her problem. Oh, that's the woman with the issue of blood. That's the woman who has been struggling. That's the woman who had a baby out of wedlock. That's the woman who uh, lost her job. That's the woman who has bad credit. That's the woman, you know, you, she, a lot of times we allow ourselves to live under other people's labels of us. They don't even know us. They don't know anything about us. They don't know our stories. They don't know where we came from. They don't know where we're going even. But, you know, it's not for them to know. It's for us to know. And that's why this woman is remarkable. Because despite the fact that her community had now just defined her by her problem, she did not define herself by that problem. And I really want to give you some context on this uh, because of the time that she lived in and the culture that she lived in. I really want you to understand how significant it was for her to be a woman with an issue of blood, which meant that she just constantly had her period. And in the time that she lived in, in the culture that she lived in, Women, when they had their period, they were considered unclean. They were put, you know, they had to stay in certain spaces. They had to avoid contact with people, with, you know, the men in the place. Because during the time that they were on their period, they were considered to be almost untouchable in a sense. It's, and it's not uncommon. A lot of cultures had this idea. And so for her to consistently be on her period, meant that she had to consistently be in this unclean state. She was viewed in an unclean state. I just really want you to sit with that for a minute. Because there are many of us that, whether through our own doing or things that have been done to us, we somehow, because of the culture, the the perspective of the culture, we are thought of as quote-unquote unclean, or we think of ourselves that way at the very unconscious level. We think of ourselves as not really good enough. You know, I grew up in a fatherless home, one might say, or I grew up in a, you know, in poverty, another might say, or I didn't go to this particular school, or, or, you know, I was abused as a child, We have things that we've experienced, some of us, and it's on the spectrum, right? But wherever it is on the spectrum, the wound is real to us, and it can feel as if we are unclean. That was the circumstance of her life. 
And if she had yielded to the circumstance of her life, she would have stayed in the house. She would have stayed hidden away from people and just suffered through what she was going through. I want to say that again. Suffered through what she was going through. There are many of us that go through things where you don't realize that you're going through it. You don't just need to sit in it and suffer through it. You just need to keep going through it. You know, there's a scripture that I recite often and it says, uh, you know, you will walk through fire and you will not be burned. You will go through the floods and they will not overcome you. You will not drown. But you see, there's something important in that scripture. It says you will go through, you will walk through. There's movement implied in that scripture. You don't sit in the fire because then you may be burned. You don't sit in the flood because then you may drown. You must understand that you are going through. This year was a year of going through. Doesn't matter where you are in the social scheme of things, whether you're rich or poor or you're single or you're married or whatever it is, we all went through this year. But the people that came out on top are people who understood that I need to go through it. I need to have a destination. I need to have a plan. I need to keep moving. I can't throw my hands up in the air and just give up and yield to the circumstance. So she did not yield to her circumstance. That's why we're reading her story today. Because she had an issue, but she was determined to find a solution. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard about all the different things that he had done and how many people he had healed. She knew and believed he could heal her. She believed it. She believed it. That was the thing that started it all. I want to talk to you about what you believe today. Do you believe that you can have the life you desire? Because it starts with belief. Do you believe it? Even if it seems completely unlikely in this moment, do you believe it? Do you believe you can be loved and have abundance and do work that gets you up every morning and makes you excited? Do you believe it? Do you believe that you can have your desires? Because it starts with belief. Faith is a powerful thing. It will propel you. She had faith. She believed he could heal her. She believed that her solution was Jesus. And because of that belief, she got up. She got up and did something that would have been unprecedented in her day. It would have been. Because, like I said, she was considered unclean. When you're on your period, you're supposed to stay away from the people, right? You go to a corner, they had like a red tent, that kind of thing. You stay with other women who are young, experiencing the same thing, right? So she would have been, you know, ostracized in a sense. Don't come near me, you're unclean, right? And so 
this thing that she did was unprecedented because she violated the rules of the day in order to get what she needed. You see, you have to imagine how it was for Jesus, right? You know, just imagine a man who can heal and, you know, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, he's he's changing lives. So you can just imagine the kind of crowd that would always be around him because everybody wanted a taste of that. Everybody wanted that. It's just like today, right? There's always a crowd around people who are extraordinary. And so in order for her to get to her solution, in order for her to get to Jesus, she had to push through the crowd. That would have been unprecedented. She was a woman who probably was known. You know, you know how it is when you have a problem that has become your definition. Everybody knows who you are. So she had to kind of allow herself to be seen, to be vulnerable, to risk reproach, to risk insults, to risk abuse, to risk it all in search of a solution. She put it all on the line. She said, I'm getting out there because she could have been stoned. She could have been beaten. She could have been pushed to the corner. This, I, this is the same culture that was going to stone a woman for committing adultery. So I want you to understand that there was risk for her to do what she did. We often just talk about, you know, she touched the hem of his garment, but I want you to understand the fullness of what this took. She must have been fear, afraid. She must have been filled with fear. You know, when you're walking and your heart is beating and, oh my gosh, you're about to say yes to an opportunity and you're scared, can I do it? There's something you desire and you have to go walk into that office and say, I really want this project. You have to face your abuser. You have to face a toxic relationship and say, I need to walk out of this. And you're scared out of your mind because you don't know if you can do it alone. You want to start a business. You have to start a business because you know this is the solution. You know you're called. You know you're called to more. You're called to significance. You have it deep inside of you. It's aching. It's pushing you. It's like, I've got to change my life. But you're scared. Here's a woman that was scared. She was scared. And she walked through her fear towards her faith. She kept walking, pushing through the crowd. And I'm sure more than one person recognized her and said, ah, ah. I had to go Nigerian on you guys for a minute. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah, ah. Why are you here? Ah, you touched me. Ah, what's wrong with you? Ah, hey, that's the unclean woman. Oh, ah, the woman with the shovel. Get out of here, stupid woman. Get out of here, cursed woman. You're a cursed woman. Don't infect me with your curse. But she kept walking. She kept pushing. She kept her eyes on Jesus. 
She didn't look to the left or the right. She was determined to get to him. Even if she wasn't unclean, quote unquote, and wasn't a woman with an issue of blood, it takes a lot of focus to push through a crowd and get to the epicenter, which was Jesus. It takes a lot of focus to push through all the nonsense, to push through all the distractions, to push through all the resistance and get to your place of power. And so she kept pushing through. She kept pushing through. Are you willing to push through? Are you willing to let your faith be your guide and help you set a new intention? Are you willing to take action on that intention? Or are you going to let fear continue to hold you hostage? Fear to keep you bound and locked up in that room. Fear of what they will say. Fear of what they will do. Fear, what if I fall? What if I fail? What if I don't get there? Fear is the enemy of faith. It robs us of our dreams. It keeps us bound. It keeps us in a place where we feel broken and less than, and we start defining ourselves by the less and not by what God has said about us. The scripture says, Look to the hills from whence cometh my help. It's time for you to raise your eyes and stop looking around you and start looking up at the God level of life. Start looking at the realm of possibility. You know, this has been a year that has caused many of us to keep our focus down. We are talking about the pandemic here in the U.S. We're talking, we talked and talked and talked about the elections. There was so much fear. I was telling someone, I put up my Christmas tree and he said, oh, you're very optimistic. I said, oh, has it come to that? That now we actually believe Christmas is on the line. Uh, 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 no, no. That tree not only went up this year, it went up with flourish. This year, many of us have been through things, including myself, that have tempted us to drop our faith. In fact, there are people that have said, what's the point? Look at what happened. There was a pandemic. Who could have predicted it? There's no point at all. Just when, let's see what happens next year. We're not even going to set goals. We're not even going to try. I've heard people say, don't, don't, nobody should declare. Don't declare that 2021 is the year of whatever. And then, then you see it. Can you see the shift? Because normally by this time of the year, you'll see it all over social media. You'll see people saying 2021 is going to be this. You know, people are declaring words ahead of them. And there's a bit of quiet, but I want to challenge you not to be quiet over your life. You see, 2020 was a challenging year, but we don't really realize. When we look at the surface, we only see the loss. But I promise you, 
there has been gain. Even if for many of us, the gain has been underground in the intangible space that we cannot see. You see, because you're here listening to this at the end of a year that was so brutal for many of us and so challenging for many of us, because you're here listening to this, I know you've gained some resilience. I know you've gained some spiritual muscle, some emotional muscle, some psychological, mental, you've gained all that. You've gained some strength. See, it seems to me that this year provided an opportunity to build up, an opportunity to bench press some weight so that we can build up because what's coming next will require more strength, more endurance, more wisdom, more faith. And so even though this year looks as if it was a year of loss, I want to encourage you to think that maybe it was a year of gain. I want you to think differently, elevate your thinking. I want you to drop the fears and the false definitions. I want you to release who you used to be and embrace who you are becoming. I want you to know that you are enough and to deeply believe this. It's time to press through the crowd. Press through the people. Press through the resistance. Press through. And the way you press through is by setting your eyes on your intention. She had an intention. I'm going to get to Jesus. And when I get to Jesus, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Because she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, he doesn't even have to speak to me. That's how powerful, that's the level. She believes so much that all I need to do, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be changed. And so she had one singular goal. I'm going to get there, touch a piece of his garment. I'm going to let my fingers connect with his fabric, the fabric he's wearing. And that was her focus. And when she got there, she touched the hem of his garment. Now, I really want to point something out to you about the power of faith. And this is a spiritual principle. If we can just connect to it. Because so many people are waiting for some sort of you know, magical wand blessing. But God has said to you, if you have faith, Jesus said, if you have faith, you can move mountains. We need to understand the mystery of faith and begin to actualize it, like bring it to pass. You see, this woman had the kind of faith that allowed her to push through a crowd and get to the center of it where Jesus was and, and tap, tap him, touch him, touch the cloth he was wearing. And despite the fact that Jesus must have been surrounded by people who were pressing in on him, many people must have been touching him. He was 
you know, he was in contact with people. They were all around him trying to touch him. But when she touched with such faith and intention, she touched, boom, Jesus felt the flow from him. He felt it leave him. And he said, who touched me? He said, who touched me? He could tell somebody had touched him in a different way. Someone had touched him in an extraordinary way. Someone had touched him with faith. There are things that other people have attempted before you. Things that they have tried to do and failed. And they've said that thing is not going to work. That land is barren. That place is, is broken. It can never happen. But because you have faith, your case will be different. When you touch it, you're not touching it like everybody else. Who touched me? I really want you to connect to that. Who touched me? It's not just the touch. It's the who and the me. Who? See, because in order for you to really have the life that you desire, in order for you to get to where you want to be, you have to become the who. You can't be the same woman you were yesterday. And if there are any men, men listening, you can't be the same man you were yesterday. You can't be the same person. You have got to become the who that has the power to touch. You see, it's not just any ordinary touch. In fact, let's call it an iconic touch. Because it was an iconic touch. A touch that he could recognize despite the hundreds of thousands of people around him. Who touched me? And when she identified herself, he said, your faith has healed you. He didn't even say, I healed you. Your faith has healed you. In fact, I sometimes like to reflect that her faith healed her even before. Like as she was going, the faith was part. That was the journey, the journey of faith. The healing was already coming. So today I want to challenge you to act with faith to change your beliefs. If your beliefs are limited, if you find yourself questioning whether you can do it, whether you are enough, whether you have what it takes, I want you to elevate your thinking and go deep into yourself and enter into the next level of who you are. I want you to change what you've been looking at and get some vision. You know, every year around this time, I do visioning work, not just for myself, but I provide an opportunity for women to come and vision with me. And when I vision, I don't just vision goal setting and smart goals. Those are all good. But it doesn't start there for me because that's just the practical that's just the practical. 
Because in order for you to vision and really harness the power of this coming year, this coming season, this next part of your life, it can't just be the practical. You have to be willing to go into the spiritual. For the things that are seen were created from the things that are not seen. You have to be willing to deal with the not seen like faith, the intangible. It starts there. It starts with opening your eyes to all that God has said you could be. It starts with listening to the the inner voice inside of you that says, we can do this. The dreams that you have put aside as impossibilities, some of them have been put aside under the title, How Dare I? It's time to dare. Because that really was her. How dare you? How dare you step out of this place that we have put you in? How dare you dare to rise? I'm a woman of color living in the United States of America. And as a result, I wasn't raised here. I was born here. And so I came back into this country in my teens to go to college. And that was the first time I learned to race identify. I didn't see myself as a black person until I came here and I was like, oh, okay. And and for a long time I I was I, I would look at things that are racist and understand that people were doing things to me and saying things to me because of their racism, but I really didn't put it on myself. I oh, this is racism, this is what it looks like, because I was so disconnected from it because I didn't grow up in that kind of world. I grew up in a world where I looked like everyone else. In fact, not only did I look like everyone else, I was affirmed as a daughter of the soil. So I had such deep roots that when I came, such a deep sense of belonging, that when I came, I never questioned myself. I never questioned myself. I never questioned whether or not I deserved to be here, whether or not I belonged, whether or not I deserved to be in any room. I grew up going to one of the top schools in my country and a school that you could only uh, enter by merit. And I was one of the kids, uh, this is in my high school, I got in on the merit list. So I had such a clarity about my worth as far as intellectually. And so when I would go to places and, and people would, you know, question me, I never questioned my intelligence, ever. But over the years, one microaggression after another, because now I've been in this country over 30 years. I've been back, rather, right? I can testify. It takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on you when you walk into a place and, and people question you. It takes a toll on you when you've worked so hard and people still question you. It takes a toll on you whether they question you because of gender or because of race or because of your your faith. I have had people question me because of my faith, because they put me in the box because I'm a Christian. Because unfortunately, there's so many Christians who lead with their bias and, and lead with their bigotry, and they haven't even connected to the truth of what Christ is, which is liberation, love. 
There are many people who profess Christianity but don't act with love. And so they put me in a box. And, and when I step up and I, I say what I'm going to say, they, they question me. How dare you? Perhaps you can relate to that. How dare you? How dare you want more? Do you know where you came from? What kind of degree do you have? How dare you? How dare you? That's what they told her. How dare you? How dare you leave the space that we have assigned for you? But if you want to change your life, you have got to dare. You have got to dare. You have got to move from that place. You cannot stay in the same place. This year may have put you in a certain place. That's just a circumstance. You are the one who is going to determine within yourself where you're going to go in this next year. And it is imperative that you do. So right now, I want to call you to action. It is time to look ahead and say, where am I going in this next year? Where am I going? What am I believing for? Where, what is my faith telling me? Not what is my fear telling me? Where is my vision focused on? What do I see? It's time to set vision. It's time to set a new vision. And so that's why I have my sessions. And if you're listening to this today, I want to give you an opportunity because it's happening this Sunday. If you're listening to this after the Sunday has passed, December 20, 2020, then take the message and apply it. Because whenever you listen to this, if you haven't set your vision, that's time to set it. Whenever you wake up, that is your morning. But if you're listening to this today and you still have the opportunity, you have time, it's on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's online so you can attend from all over the world. Do yourself, not just a favor. Okay, I want to say, do yourself a solid. <laughs> I like slangs. I like language. But do something powerful for yourself. If you want to change your name, if you want to change your game, do something powerful for yourself and come to this experience I'm having, because everything I do is an experience. It's a workshop. Let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the spiritual and the practical. We're going to harness them both. And you're going to set a true, authentic vision. You're going to see where you're going. And that vision is going to push you forward. You're going to get excited in a way you haven't been excited before. You're going to get expansive in a way you haven't been expanded before. You are going to see possibility. And you're going to take hold of it. And then we will make faith practical because faith without work is dead. So we're going to talk about how you're going to work that vision. So it's not just going to be pretty. It's going to be strategic. Because... 2021, I want you to win. I want you to win. So this is the work that you need to do. 
because she had to come up with a plan. In that place where they had put her, she had heard Jesus was coming, so she had to come up with a plan. She probably said, I will wrap my head, I will cover myself, you know, just to make sure nobody stops me and no one says, oh, that's her, and they block my path. I'm going to move this way and I'll, I'll weave to the left and I'll, I'll weave to the right. If, if something comes this way, I'm going to do this. If this resistance shows up that way, I'll, I'll roll on the floor if I have to, but I am getting to Jesus. That was a strategy. Faith was the fuel. So we're going to do that. And so I want you to go to iconicwomanhood.com slash vision. On these podcasts, I very rarely just say it straight, but I'm saying it straight today because it's the end of the year and you cannot afford to go into another year just anyhow. This coming year, <laughs> let me just use my Nigerian. Let me just, let me give it to you straight. You can't afford to just go into this year anyhow. You have to take hold of the rudder of your life. You have to program your GPS. And I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. This year is a game changer. Are you ready? Join me on Sunday. Let's do this work together. And if you can't join me, do the work for yourself. Do the work for yourself. Go inside of yourself. Pray, talk to God. Ask him to open the eyes of your understanding. Ask him to give you a vision for your life, a vision for this year. Ask him to show you what is possible. Ask him to blow your mind. And when you get that vision, don't let it scare you. Know that if God has given you the vision, he has given you provision. And allow yourself to expand enough to come up with a plan to make it happen. And if you need to take a partner, if you need to get help, do that. But don't stay where you are. Remember, whatever circumstance you find yourself in today, whether good or bad, it's just today. You need to chart your path to tomorrow. God bless you. Be well. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you are listening to this show, it probably means you are ready to move from success into significance. Please visit us at iconicwomanhood.com and get a free gift to help you on your journey.